This podcast was created to educate listeners on the experiences of diverse individuals. However, all opinions expressed by the host or guests do not reflect the overall standing of Tarleton Radio or Tarleton State University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making Space a Diversity Dialogue. I'm your host, Cole, and this is a bi-weekly podcast where together we'll have questions answered about socially sensitive topics while creating lasting relationships with diverse people. This episode is actually the first episode in a two-part series about non-traditional students. This episode specifically is going to be about auditing students or course auditors. A course auditing student is a person who takes an undergraduate course but does not have the same credit associated with getting a college degree. So it's someone who comes in and takes a class for just the sake of learning about that topic or about that subject. For this topic, I brought on and interviewed James Woodward. He is a course auditor here at Tarleton State University. He has about five semesters of experience with this, and I'm really, really excited for you guys to get to hear his thoughts and his experience coming back after years and years of not being in college, after having a graduate and undergraduate degree and coming back to just learn for learning's sake. I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you guys do too. He had a lot of interesting perspectives on coming back to the different technologies associated with the classroom, as well as just the classroom experience with professors and students alike. Again, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did doing it and talking to him. Here's that interview. All right, welcome everyone to Making Space, a Diversity Dialogue, and I'm here with James Woodward. Thank you for coming on, James. My pleasure, Cole. Thanks for the invitation. To go ahead and start us off, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, let's see. Uh, I am 63 years old. I'm retired from uh, the headquarters of American Airlines up by DFW Airport, where I worked in their IT department. Uh, My wife and I moved to Stephenville about two years ago after she retired. And one of the things I look forward to here in Stephenville was being able to get involved with some activities on the campus, fine arts-wise, class-wise, and and so uh, I've enjoyed our I've enjoyed my time here in Stephenville so far. Right. Well, that that's really good. I didn't know you used to work for airlines. So that's I really did. Cool. I did. Spent uh, the last 17 years working for American. It was interesting. You know, I never worked for a company that could lose a billion dollars one year and make a billion dollars the next year. <laughs> So, yeah, that does seem interesting. Yeah, it was. It took a while to get used to it. You know, it's kind of like it's some, it wasn't a big deal. They just knew they were going to make it back. <laughs> <laughs> now, what made you decide to be a course auditor? Because that, that's what your kind of description is, right? Sure, I guess so. Uh, you know, when when, I, when we came to Stephenville, came to Tarleton, and I I knew that I wanted just to have the opportunity to to go out and learn some new things to get exposed to new things that maybe I either hadn't had a chance to study as an undergraduate or graduate student and so uh, I just once I figured out that you actually can audit a course here at Tarleton it's really pretty easy then I just started looking through the course catalog and seeing you know what kind of what kind of classes sounded interesting to me what would I like to spend 16 weeks learning Mm-hmm. And, and, and haven't had any problem at all every semester finding at least one class that sounded very interesting, and they've all, they've all been very enjoyable. So what 
can you explain a little bit about what a course auditor is or does exactly? Sure. It's, uh, I guess, the easiest way to describe it. I guess my, I guess what I see myself doing is I'm just sitting in the classroom and listening. Now, you can be probably as involved in the class as you want to be. And in fact, the, the form that you have to get the permission from the instructor and the department head, it, it says that your participation in the class is going to be up to the discretion of the instructor. I see. So uh, I can really choose to be as, as active or as inactive in the class as I want to be. I don't I choose not to buy the textbooks. I choose not to read the textbooks. Uh, as an auditing student, you're not required to take the tests. Well, you're that's not... nice. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, and you're not, if there's class presentations, you're not required to do those. If there's an attendance policy, you're not required to meet it. Um, you really can just kind of sort of be as involved as you and the instructor are, are both comfortable with. Okay. And like I say, I, I have I have really kind of settled into the role of, for the most part, I'm just going to sit and listen between the instructor and the classroom discussion, watch the videos, watch the presentations, and just kind of learn from there. Okay. Okay. So what made you choose that kind of experience in the classroom versus just taking classes to get credit? Oh, I didn't want to do the work. <laughs> I, I had enough of that in, in undergraduate and graduate school. And I didn't want to have to take tests and write papers and do presentations mm -hmm. and, and, you know, feel obligated to keep up with everything. And right. so uh, and so I just thought, all right, well, I'll just sort of step back a notch. And, and I could choose if I wanted to. I could buy the textbooks and read all the chapters and. And, you know, I could I could even write papers myself and just not turn them in. But I just thought, nah, I'm, I'm tired of that point. I'm just <laughs> I'm just kind of there to sit and observe, you know, and just sort okay. of let it soak in. Right. It's almost like uh, it, you don't really want to have that credit, but you want to experience new information. As I as I explained it to somebody one time, finally in my life, I get to learn just for the sake of learning. I'm not worried about the grade I make. I'm not worried about mm -hmm. the credit hours or anything like that. I just get to learn something that I want to learn. And and I can take any undergraduate course I want on campus as long as the instructor in the department head gives me the approval. So it's mm -hmm. not like I'm following a particular path of courses in this department. I just bounce around from department to department and take what sounds fun. That sounds really amazing actually <laughs> <laughs> you know and and i don't know i've i've as far as i know i've never been in a class with anyone else auditing and and mm -hmm. i don't know how many people audit courses here at tarleton but i have told people that along with dollar hamburger night at jake and dorothy's auditing a class is the <laughs> best financial deal in stephenville <laughs> I mean, wow. to be honest with you, it's $25 for the semester, mm -hmm. and you can sit in the class and Is listen. Is that per class? Per or class. Per right. class, okay. Yeah, and, and if, it, if, it, if the class has a lab, it goes along with it, it's still just $25 for the class and the lab total. So wow. financially, it's a great deal. Uh, you've got ultimate flexibility because if you need to be out of town one week, eh, no big deal. And especially now with so much of the stuff being online, mm -hmm. you know, even if you do have to be out of town, you can still zoom in and, and just like you're in class. Right. So. Do you feel like you absorb more information in this type of learning style without having to do 
all those kind of graded aspects to class? I would say no. You know, when I was when I was a student, uh, my reason for being in the class was very different, and uh, and so I did. You know, all of the readings, all of the outside studies, all the research, stuff like that. And 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 I figure, you know, if I go into a, a class that meets for three hours a week, if I come out of each of those class meetings with one interesting piece of information, then I think that's a success. Mm-hmm. And I, I certainly think my coursework as a graduate and undergraduate student was way different from that. But I'm fine with it. Like I said, it's just, it's just to me, auditing is probably a good way to maybe get introduced or exposed to a subject. I see. You're really not going to dive into it in depth unless you choose to. And, and I choose not to. But it's just, like I said, it's an opportunity to make me go, oh, you know, I, uh, I wonder what that class is like. And if so if it sounds interesting, I just go do it. Mm-hmm. Do you focus, when you're in class, do you focus on observing the classroom and the environment or is it or is it more about the information or is it a little both well i would say that changed in march <laughs> oh, well yes of course of course it uh, has. you know the first let's see the first one two three the first three and a half semesters uh was very much about observing the classroom and the students and 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 you have to realize when i when I finished graduate school in 1981, <laughs> I can come back now and look at all the technology that's in a classroom. The very, the very first class I ever audited was in the Fine Arts Center. And the first day, the instructor came in, and he was turning on the projector in the ceiling and getting the computer booted up and firing up the CD player so he could play CDs and getting videos lined up. And I was just amazed. Hmm. I thought, wow, they can do all this in a classroom. And then, uh, and then the, the next semester, I took a course in the science building, an astronomy class. And they project videos on the board and show that. And I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. And, and, and our, our textbook was online. It was, yeah. it was an open source textbook. So I downloaded the textbook and would read it. And there was one point where there was a little sort of a, you know, click here for additional information. And I clicked it, and it opened up this URL, and there was a diagram of the planets of the solar system all orbiting the sun. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was Harry Potter at Hogwarts, <laughs> you know, because I'd never had a textbook yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, as a student myself, like in this time period, I have t- kind of taken a gr- uh, for granted Oh, all of that kind of stuff. Well, and, and it's and, something I've grown up with, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure students your age and, and probably even older. Even my my youngest is uh, 31 now, mm-hmm. and and she she even grew up with a lot of that. But uh, one semester, the instructor used, uh, a, I think they call them smart boards. Yes, the white thing. Yes, and that amazed me. I was just I was just I in awe the those. first day. I was going, and he all he had to do was like tap the board, and it would all erase. Mm-hmm. And I thought. Or he could, or he could display a slide and then write it on top of it, mm-hmm. and then tap that, and it would all go away. And then, and then when I finally figured out that I was able to have access to Canvas, 
and I started seeing what all was available in Canvas, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, Canvas being our, for listeners, Canvas is our platform that Tarleton uses as like your blackboard or your online form of getting grades and doing submitting assignments and such. You know, when, when one of the instructors told me that, okay, now your first paper is due on October the 8th at 11.59 p.m., mm-hmm. and to turn it in you go to here in canvas and you click this link and it will then take your paper and it will compare it through some sort of a plagiarism system to make mm-hmm. sure right turn you've it got in. original mm-hmm. thought turn it in that's yeah. what it was called yeah and it would it would tell you you know how much of your paper was original thought if it was too high if you needed to go back and reword some stuff that mm-hmm. was great and then he said and since your paper's due at 11:59 at 12 o'clock that link goes away and you can't submit your paper. Yeah. And I thought, wow. <laughs> so, so really, the, the first, like I said, the first several semesters was just kind of seeing what all was available out there technology-wise. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I, enjoy, I always enjoyed the conversation with the students and the involvement and, and listening to the instructors talk. But, but for me, having not been in a classroom for 37 years, the, the changes were just incredible. Now, you know, come March, that was very much a different, different process. Of course, uh, March yeah. being of 2020 <laughs> right. when the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic hit for those listening at a later date. And I, uh, and I, I cannot imagine being a student or a teacher who had never done online learning before mm-hmm. and basically having to shift in two weeks. It was. It was very quick. Uh, that just, I mean, I... The fact that anything happened last spring, I thought, was a compliment to the students and the faculty both. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's amazing the difference I've seen, and, and I'm sure probably other students would say as well, hopefully, the difference just between last spring and this fall, just mm-hmm. how much more organized it is yes. in Canvas now than it was last spring. Just I'm sure because they had some time to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But, a time uh, to adjust and everything. Yeah, so... So, you know, just all the, I mean, again, you have to realize when when somebody told me they posted grades in Canvas, when I was a student, they would post grades on a piece of paper tacked to the bulletin board outside of the instructor's office door. And on that piece of paper was everybody in the class's entire social security number. Oh, my goodness. With your grade next to it. That sounds very dangerous. (laughs) I found a a textbook from my first semester of college, which would have been fall of 1975. And when we went through registration, they gave you two ID cards. One had your picture on it and everything. Mm -hmm. And the other one looked like a credit card. And the only thing on that credit card was your entire Social Security number. And when you bought a book at the bookstore, they would take that card and they would emboss your social security number on the front page of the book. Oh, my goodness. So I guess if somebody stole your book, they they had to have that card to go sell it back at the bookstore. So, wow. so that's where we that's where I was coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very glad we have student ID numbers now. Yes. yes. Um, because that is very important. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so so the, the technology wow. and the way things are dealt with have just it to me it's astonishing. Yeah. It is, it is. It's not something that a lot of students think about right now, though. But it is incredible the the technology that we can use now to. Oh my teach. goodness, yes, and and the, and the fact that you know, like this semester especially, 
that every student really has the choice. Do you want to attend class in person? Do you want to log in on Zoom mm-hmm. at the class time? Or do you want to watch it later? Right. I mean, I mean, talk about the ultimate flexibility. I mean, you know, when I was in school, you either showed up to class or you didn't. That, right. That was, that was it. It has definitely made it available to a lot more people, I think. Uh, especially those working or who have to work during these times, for sure. You know, I have wondered with the way you can choose to do a class asynchronously or not. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the registrar's office will let you sign up for two classes at 10 o'clock on Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, because now you could do it. Yes, yes. (laughs) That is very interesting to bring up. Like I said, the flexibility it's created for students, I think, is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of kind of the administration side of things uh how was your experience at tarleton and and how did you find out about the auditing of classes you know i i think i knew auditing existed and there actually is a second option if you choose to take a class for credit there is some program through the state of texas where i think it's if you're over 55 or over 60 i can't remember which it is now but you can attend a class for no charge i see if you're working towards credit Mm -hmm. so i knew that was out there too and but i knew i didn't really want to take the class for credit credit, and do the work and everything so so i just uh i think i went and searched just the tarleton website for audit i may have i may have contacted the registrar's office i really don't remember and you know like i say i don't know there's a whole lot of people that audit because it takes people a while to kind of figure out what you're doing when you're auditing Mm -hmm. so i get the feeling that a lot of departments don't see them on a regular basis but but once they've kind of got the idea oh okay i see what you're doing then 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 they're very helpful to work with and so uh i just i I just i I think i knew it was there somewhere in the back of my mind and i just wanted to explore it and find it have you had any barriers that you've had to overcome in administration? You know, the uh, the departments that I've taken classes from have been uh, probably fine arts, communication, physics, political science. And the folks in those departments have all been just magnificent to work with, uh, whether it's the instructor, the department head, the administrative assistant in the department who can help you know, get the signatures that are required. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially if you're talking about auditing a class in the fall semester, those people aren't necessarily on campus to get right. signatures. That seems so, like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, so you might leave the form with the administrative assistant there and, and they'll call you in a week when somebody comes in and signs it. So very helpful. Mm-hmm. The people in the business office, or, or they know exactly when I walk in and say, I'm here to pay my fees to audit a class they know exactly how much to charge me they know to write out a receipt and staple it to my form and hand it back to me and remind me and go take it to the registrar's office and turn in a copy up until the time of canvas that was pretty much the end of the process Mm because i would take the form to the registrar's office they would copy it and and that was it nothing ever happened after that once i found out uh about a year ago in the fall of 2019 that i actually did have access to canvas then that sort of pointed out some challenges. And I don't know if it's the registrar's office. I don't know if it's the Canvas people. I'm not sure if it's both. but Or just the process getting in between there. Yeah, but it seems like, it seems like getting me as an audited student into Canvas is just 
not very efficient. Right. It's a difficult feat. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure it is because I, I know enough to know that students like yourself, you go online and you mm-hmm. register and, and it probably sends out all the messages it needs to send out. I still have a paper form that I carry around. Right. And so somebody in the registrar's office, I'm sure, has to do, I, I think, Somebody in the registrar's office has to do something so that the instructor can enroll me in Canvas for that particular course and section. Mm -hmm. And that seems to kind of, that form seems to get lost fairly easily. (laughs) Right. it's, It's not uncommon to take it back two or three times. In fact, I got a call last week. Uh, about something else and uh and from the registrar's office and they said well we don't we don't show that you are auditing a form this semester and i know they've made at least two copies if not three this semester <laughs> but i'll take it back to again they'll make another copy and right, so right. but, but was, until canvas it was no big deal because that was it so. speaking <laughs> of the uh oh, we talked previously about the technology changing i think going back to paper might be a little bit difficult as well getting it into the system oh i i, I can't imagine somebody told me that that the copy machine goes directly into the shredder and that's what <laughs> happens. but uh, but yeah i'm sure you know they're not in in i don't know how many thousands of students register for courses at tarleton and and the very small handful that show up with a paper form to ask them to do something, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's way out of the norm for them. And right. so the fact that it, it doesn't get done efficiently is is not surprising. Uh, I think it's disappointing because it's the same thing that happens every semester. Right, right. So it auditing courses can be easy, but it looks like it's a difficult task once you kind of start the process you know if you if you if you really don't want access to canvas then it's not a big deal because the first the first two classes I audited uh, they didn't use canvas okay and so I turned in the form at the registrar's office and everything was perfect um, last fall fall of 2019 about this time of year I asked my instructor because he was talking about things he was putting in canvas and how you turn in papers and everything and I just was curious I just wanted to see how canvas worked right and so I asked him one day after class I said do you know how I get access to canvas and he looked at me and said you don't have access to canvas and I said well I don't know if I do or not (laughs) and so that started a a process of trying to figure out if I really did or not it seems like maybe just the administration is kind of difficult um but i think just the process of getting from person to person and yeah I, like i say everybody everybody else on campus is fine it just right. seems the, the registrar's office is where it kind of seems to bog down and, they and if canvas a, wasn't they're a necessary hub yeah. for a university so i'm sure oh, they're very busy well i'm sure and, and this fall to be honest with you I really wasn't too concerned about it because I figured the registrar's office had way more important things to deal with than me getting access to Canvas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, I can't imagine being a registrar's office and trying to deal with what they were dealing with in the fall. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So aside from going through the administration steps and, and the paperwork and all the forms, how have your experiences been with, like, students in your classroom? Have you felt any kind of conflict there oh gosh no uh the students have always been wonderful been friendly uh 
you know, it's always interesting. Most of the classes, the first day or so, they'll go around and introduce themselves and say where they're from. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I've got family in that town or maybe I went to school in that town or something like that. And so, you know, I'll try to search them out and just say, hey, I heard you were from so-and-so and and I grew up there. I went to so-and-so school or whatever. And so they're very friendly, very, very, very helpful, just enjoyable to be around. Uh, You know, you see... In all courses, you see a variety of, I guess I would say, caliber of students or maybe <laughs> interest level of students. Right. You know, I've, For sure. I've seen some classes where the students were really, really good and really, really interested. And I've seen some classes that seem like they weren't. But and I'm, I'm, I'm sure, sure that's those ADMs are, are really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> you know, no, because I don't do ADM classes. <laughs> that's the other good thing about being retired. If I don't want to take an ADM, if, if the class I want's at 8 a.m., I'll just wait till next semester. <laughs> Maybe it'll be at 2 p.m. or something like that. Oh yeah, do you get those some classes where it's just the the class is not not interested yeah yeah or you know uh, it's hard to say but uh but yeah like i said i've seen a variety of i've seen a variety of students and i think i've really i've I've probably now taken everything from a freshman to a senior level course you you can't audit a graduate course but you can audit any undergraduate course as long as you have the instructor in the department head's permission of course so i've done like i said freshman probably sophomore junior and and this semester i'm in a senior level course interesting yeah are there any aspects of classroom learning i know it's not this semester we have of course online classes but are there any aspects of classroom learning that you feel are more difficult for you being a quote-unquote non-traditional you know i don't i don't know that i really consider myself a non-traditional be simply because I think of a non-traditional as somebody that's really having to do the work and make right. the grade and all of that. You know, I, the, one of the nice things about auditing is if my mind just drifts away for a few minutes in class, that's okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to take the test anyway. Uh, my, my daughter suggested one time I should take, take a statistics class. Ah. And my son said, are you crazy? <laughs> and I said, no, it actually sounds fun because I could take statistics, but I don't have to do the math. Yeah. You know? You can just get the concepts behind yes, it. Yes. Yeah. You just sort of get the broad overview and understand how it works. So, yeah. Are there any, do you feel like there's any physical barriers when you're in the classroom? Do you think because classrooms are more set for the traditional uh, 18 to 24 year old, do you feel like there's something there? You know, I don't. I don't think so. You know, if you if you were in a large meeting room, uh, you know, I would guess auditing students might tend to be older. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for sure, but uh, you know, the larger the classroom, then vision and hearing can be. You know, right. might be a challenge. I don't see very well. And so I tend to get into class early the first day because that's where you stake out your seat for the entire <laughs> right, semester. Right, of course. And I try to get a seat right on the front row as close to the middle as I can so that when anything shows up on the board, 
I can I can read it and see it. Mm-hmm. And that might be the only challenge. Have you ever discussed that with your professors? Do they give you any trouble about that? Uh, yes, I've discussed it with them, and no, absolutely no trouble at all. The great thing about it is most college students don't want to sit right in the middle of the first row. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> You'll always see on the first day of class, the second row is like pretty much it's got a few people in it then third then fourth and fifth it has got more (laughs) i told told one instructor i said well i'll just i said i don't want to take a seat away from anybody i'll just sit on the back row there and he said actually if you don't want to take a seat away from anybody sit on the front row (laughs) (laughs) and that's been pretty much the case ever since (laughs) right Speaking of like students and everything, does Tarleton consider you a student, or you, do you have a student ID? You know, do you have a student I, ID I, number. I do have a student ID. No, wait, no, I don't. Uh, see, I have to stop and think because I, as you know, I really fill two roles on this campus. Right. I'm an auditing student, but then I'm also considered kind of a vendor contractor here at KTRL. Right. And so I think maybe sometimes that causes some conflicts because I think both of those roles get me some things, but not everything. Right. There's some crossover. I think there is. And and, and sometimes, and especially sometimes if something drops off, like uh, I can't get to my email or the wireless access won't work, a lot of times it's hard to figure out which one of those it is mm-hmm. is the issue so that I know which one to to go try to track down uh, you know does Tarleton consider me a student it's hard to say uh, sometimes yes sometimes no sometimes partially <laughs> uh, when so I, a little bit all over a little bit all over which which also kind of presents the challenge because when I go to talk to the IT help desk or the registrar's office or mm-hmm. whomever they're never quite sure how to respond at my role because mm-hmm. I'm really not sure my role hmm. and uh, you know it's it's hard to say it, it's uh, it, it sort of depends on what you're trying to accomplish right if you're really considered a student or not now fall of 2019 when I asked about getting into canvas I went to the registrar's office and ultimately found out that I did have a Tarleton student ID number. They seemed to think it was a very low number, and so that might have been from huh. when I took graduate classes here in the late 80s. <laughs> I mean, I don't, know if, I don't know if everybody's student ID is like this, right. but mine starts with four zeros. Does everybody else's start with four zeros? Mine starts with three. Three zeros, okay. And then recently, uh, as of last year, there were some that started with only two. Okay, so I guess maybe because somebody mentioned sometime about, mm-hmm. oh, you have, a, you have an old student ID number or something like that. But anyway, in and, and, and finding out that, oh, I did have a student ID number, and then they said something about uh, checking your Tarleton email, and I mm-hmm. said, do I have a Tarleton email? And they said, well, you should. And so we dug around, and sure enough, found out I had a Tarleton email account. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was sort of, so it was kind of like, you know, sort of you like. You do have some aspects of being a student. Yeah, so, so that's what I say. In, in, in some ways, I'm considered a student some ways I'm not. I mean, like I say, having an ID, having a Tarleton email address, you know, I can check out and, and use stuff at the library, mm-hmm. but I ha- I don't have a student ID. I have my contractor slash vendor I ID, see. and that's what I use at the library. Huh. So, so I guess the library probably doesn't see me as a student because right. I don't have a student ID. Right. You know. Like a physical one. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a little it's a it's a it's a combination, and sometimes that's a challenge because, like I say, I'm not sure when I'm a student, when I'm not mm-hmm. a student, and therefore trying to explain to somebody right. what the issue what is exactly that is. they don't understand it either, and so that kind of yeah. that kind of and and the fact that, like I said, not only that, but I now have these dual roles, mm-hmm. and so that probably adds a third, <laughs> you know, mess to the combination. So right at the very beginning of our conversation, you talked a little bit about why you wanted to come to Tarleton with like the activities and the involvement and such in Stephenville. Does your mixed role here affect what events you feel like you can go to or if you feel welcome at different involvement things? Oh, I, I feel welcome at anything on this campus, uh, whether it's eating breakfast in the dining hall, which I like to do on occasion mm-hmm. after I finish up in the mornings here at the station. Um, if it's an athletic event, if it's a concert or recital in the Fine Arts Center, if it's a lecture in the OA grant mm-hmm. for something, uh, I, I feel welcome at anything on campus. I've never, well, I was going to say I've never been turned away. I did ask one instructor one time if I could audit their class, and they said they don't allow auditing students in their class. I see. And that's that's the only time I've ever been told no, basically, mm-hmm. you know, until March or until the fall semester. And <laughs> right. now you can't, can't go anywhere miss. and do anything anyway. Of so, course, you know. of course. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. Well, it's good to hear that you feel that way. Because oh. I, I know some students might hesitate just because of whether it be confusion with if it's offered to certain students or... Uh, just the atmosphere on campus, but I'm glad you feel welcome. Well, and, sure. and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story that makes me think that comes from the top down. In August, I was out walking. It was, it was the weekend of graduation. By the way, it was the weekend of your graduation. Oh. Yeah. And it was the Saturday morning of mm-hmm. graduation. There had been, been a commencement ceremony in the stadium right. Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Mm-hmm. And I was walking on campus, probably 11 o'clock. And I was over by the Trogdon house, and there was a white SUV coming out of the driveway of the Trogdon house, which mm-hmm. I assume was probably Dr. Hurley and maybe some of his family. And there was a young man who was still wearing his gown from graduation and right. five or six people of his family that were probably getting their last tour around campus. And, and as busy as Dr. Hurley and all those folks had been over the last two days, they stopped at the end of the driveway, rolled down the window, and had this conversation with this young man and his family. Mm, and, nice. I, and I thought, you know, if there's anybody else in that family that hasn't decided where they're going to college yet, what a great opportunity they had to talk to Dr. Hurley. And, 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 and I, think, I think that welcomeness and that, that making you feel comfortable, I think that mm-hmm. comes from the top down. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really nice. Mm. I think there's always... There's always a place for that good connection with high up administration. I know for uh, a few of my friends, actually, um, who kind of had some concerns or some questions, they emailed Dr. Hurley directly and were answered. So that's Wonderful. It's really, really nice that we have a university president who's will- president who's willing to willing to do that. You know, you find places sometimes that that their job is to stay as far away a lot of a lot of places a lot of businesses and such 
will will try to make sure that the person that you really want to communicate with never communicates with you that, mm-hmm. it's, that you go through multiple layers to get there right. and and i think for the most part tarleton does an outstanding job of you know being in touch with you whether it's the like i said whether it's the department head i mean the course i'm auditing this fall is is taught by dr morrow yes and uh and I and, and as the dean of the College of Liberal and Fine Arts, I really kind of felt bad about asking him about, you know, are you able to get me in Canvas? Are you mm-hmm. able to get me in mm-hmm. Canvas? And he had absolutely no problem with he'd email me back and he'd tell me what the situation was. Now I'm still trying it, but I can't get you in. And I thought, this guy's really busy. He doesn't need to be messing with me in Canvas. But I never got the impression that he thought it was a challenge, that mm-hmm. it was a drag on his time. He just was happy to do it. And I think that's I think that's something you see across the campus. Now, do you have any advice for listeners who might want to start auditing courses at Tarleton? Well, I would encourage them to to try it. I mean, just that's the first thing, because I like I said, I really don't get the impression that a lot of people choose to audit a class. And and if you so that would be my first recommendation is just dive in there and try it. Uh, You know, it's pretty easy to go online. You don't have to have a MyGateway account at Tarleton to be able to see the course schedule. Mm -hmm. I forget who got it to to me originally. Now, of course, again, the last time I registered for a class in college, you went to the registrar's office and you picked up this little paper booklet and it had all the departments and all the (laughs) courses and all the sections. And so, so when I found out it was online, somebody here on campus gave me the website to go to look and say, okay, you could choose, I want to look for this semester, and I want to look for a class in this department, and I only want it to be on campus in Stephenville. Mm-hmm. And then you can scroll through, and here's the class listings with the information. It's got dates, the class dates, the time, the building, the instructor's name. Uh, there's an opportunity to click on that and read the description in the course catalog about what the course is about. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think more than anything else, I would just encourage them to try it. Uh, up until you get to the Canvas, everybody has been extremely helpful. They, if you have questions, they're more than happy to work with you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just, just look at the courses and see if there's anything that it excites you. Uh, about a year ago, I just posted a note on Facebook to all my family and friends and said, okay, when you were in college, undergraduate, since you can't audit a graduate class, right, when you were an right. undergraduate, what course did you walk out of the last day and go, well, I'm really glad I took that course. And I got all sorts of recommendations, British literature, the history of architecture and wow. anthropology and business law. And and so I just, I just put them in a note on my phone in the beginning of each semester or, or, or you know well in advance of the beginning of each semester i go through that list and start looking online and say so is there an anthropology class no okay well is there a business law class yeah but it's at 8 a.m never mind not doing that <laughs> one you know and just go through until i right. find a class that fits the schedule and then sign up for it and you can actually do more than one uh, last spring i actually audited two courses and because you're not doing the work, it's really not that big of a deal to mm-hmm. audit two courses instead of one. Right. You know, so, yeah. It's just a way to spend time and further your education. Yeah. Like, like kind of like I said earlier, it, it, it gives you the opportunity to learn just for the sake of learning. Right. And I think in the, in the public schools and even in the college settings, we've kind of gotten away from that. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that's one thing I've really enjoyed about these last now five semesters of auditing courses is, is that it really is just learning for learning's sake. And I, I tell you what I've noticed, I think the instructors, I think they like that. Mm-hmm. I, I really do think they enjoy the fact that there's at least one person in this classroom that wants to be here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. you know, I'm sure because they've made comments before about I'm sure you're all here because it's on your degree plan or right. whatever. But I'm not. I'm there because I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think I, that seems to resonate. Yeah, it seems kind of get a positive vibe from them. And that's cool. I like that's neat. That is very cool. There's definitely a beauty in the simplicity of just learning for learning's sake. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure it is appreciated. And if I, if I take one class in British literature and I have no interest, then I'll take another British literature class. But if I take a physics class and I think that's really cool, then maybe I'll take another physics class. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just let the I'm not sure work. why you would take another physics <laughs> class. <laughs> but see, every but class is fine because I don't have to do the work. You yeah. know, it's it's kind of like that statistics class. You know, right. I don't have to do the math. But you get the concepts. Yeah, yeah, right. I can, it, it, yeah. Like I told my, like I told my, my, my son, I said, I can, I can understand what statistics is, but I don't have to answer the questions. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything that you may want to tell the listeners about your experiences that we haven't touched on already? You know, the only thing that's kind of interesting is that a lot of times I get the feeling the instructors really don't know how to to treat you mm-hmm. in class. You know, like I said, a lot of times the first day of class, they'll go around, they'll introduce themselves and tell where they're from and everything. And and a lot of times the instructors will just sort of act like I'm not there. Right. You know, and so, and so a lot of times I think there are students in the class that don't really understand who this old guy is. <laughs> right. You know? Why is he here? And, and what's he doing here? And and so you know, if I could if I could if I could change anything, it would be in that in in the class setting like that to actually kind of be considered more like a student, right? Because I I think like I said, I think it sort of adds this level of uncomfortability or question or something. Mm-hmm. You know, who's this old guy sitting next You're to you? You're mysterious, James. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> what's he doing here? And, and, right. and every time we get up to do a group assignment, he just sits there, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so what's he doing here? So that would be that would be neat. So maybe have people know more about what auditing is. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. listening to this podcast, tell other people well, I would what it is. I would hope so. And, and be and, open to other people. Yeah. If, if nothing else, just just knowing that that's why I'm there. I, I don't know this, Cole, and, and I don't know if you know the answer or not. I've often, I've wondered. So if I'm a second year student here at Tarleton. Mm-hmm. And, and I know in my third year, I'm going to have to take, like, anatomy and physiology mm, or, yeah. or uh, <laughs> you know, some kind of organic chemistry class or something like <laughs> yes. that. I've often wondered, for $25, could I audit that class the year before to kind of get mm. a head start on it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you could or not. 
That I mean, is very. Is there? I assume there's no age restriction or experience restriction for any of those classes. Not, not that I've seen. Hmm. I, I, I meant to bring my copy of my request to audit form, but I really don't think hmm. I've seen anything like that. I think that would be a good idea for students. Well, you know, it, um, of course, it, of course, there's not much added expense, but there is an expense in time and um some monetary expense yeah so i think that's probably the only thing stopping and of course the knowledge of it even being there yeah yeah i just always wondered if that was an option i'm not really yeah. sure but uh, interesting something yeah. something to consider something to ponder yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> all right james i think that's all i have for you today but well, thank you so much for coming on well cole it's been a pleasure again thank you for the invitation and 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 i hope that maybe this creates an opportunity for some of your listeners out there to think yeah let's come give this a try it's right. it's a great experience I, and and if nothing else it's fun for a 60 year old to be around <laughs> a bunch of 20 year olds because they're really a lot of fun yes just the experience of being somewhere different yeah you, you know it, it's heck for me it's it's the reason to get out of the house you know yeah. so that's cool all right thank, thank you, you Cole. i appreciate your time I'd like to thank James Woodward for coming on once again to talk with us about his experiences. And I know he doesn't consider himself a non-traditional student, but he definitely has a perspective that I hope you guys really enjoyed hearing about. And I hope you've gained some information, possibly to do some course auditing yourself to get some more education or to even just know how to respond to course auditors or different age students in the classroom. There's a lot of information in this episode, and if we didn't touch on what you really wanted to know about, please stay tuned for a part two about non-traditional students, as well as you can just message us on our social media pages at the Planet 100.7 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That is the radio station we are based out of. You can always message us there and I'll try to answer your question there or even in the next episode. Also, please don't hesitate to message us about any topics that you're interested in that you want to have questions answered about and we'll try to find someone who has that experience. As always, folks, be safe out there and take care. Find more great shows by searching Tarleton Radio Network wherever you get your podcasts.